Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for another Wednesday morning. We are almost to the weekend, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, almost at that weekend, and that's a beautiful thing. We give God glory, honor, and praise, and uh, we lift him up this morning because he is truly worthy. Yeah. So, uh, this morning, we're going to be uh, talking about comedy, laughter, <laughs> because we have a comedian coming this morning, Ms. K. Mack, and uh, I believe laughter is like a good medicine. I do believe that, and I know for me... Uh, when I laugh, I forget whatever's going wrong, whatever problem, whatever situation uh, I may be facing. It gives me an opportunity to have a, a break away from it, you know. And, well, I've already prayed about it and left it on the altar. So I give me something funny, and I laugh, and I feel good about it, and I go on. Yeah. And so God has blessed some people to be really funny. And they have it as a job to just laugh. Make what well, in other words, they laugh and make others laugh. And uh, I think it's a good thing this morning to have some good wholesome laughter, good clean laughter, you know, good clean comedy. And so I'm grateful unto the Lord that I met this young lady. And uh, she's from Sanford, Florida, which is before you get to Orlando, Florida. And so uh, down where they have Disney and all that kind of thing, SeaWorld and all of that. So um, she's coming this morning, probably around 730. And uh, we're going to interview with her. We're going to hear what she's got to say. Uh, I had her laughing yesterday. Yeah, because y'all know me. Y'all know me. I love good laughter. And so we thank God this morning for that. And then I have a wonderful uh, testimony uh, afterwards and uh, to share this morning of the goodness of the Lord. Psalms 105 says to talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people. And so we're always telling others about the goodness of the Lord. We're always telling others what he has done in our lives. Sometimes it's a stranger you meet. Yeah. And you tell them what he's done for you, what he's done in your life. I can remember being in Walmart, and, you know, right there looking at bell peppers or onions or whatever. And another lady may come up. It could be a man. And they may say, ooh, bell peppers sure expensive these days. That's a calling card for me. That's a door opener. Yeah. I said, yeah, they are expensive, but I say, I have a man, and he provides all that I need. If bell peppers are $25 a piece, and I want or need a bell pepper, he will provide for me so that I can have a bell pepper. Oh, yeah. Oh, where he work? Oh, oh he, he must have a good job. Oh, what company does he own? No, he don't. He, he own the... Earth and the heavens. He owned the heavens and the earth. 
and I continue, you know, to talk to them about Jesus. And they'd be like, oh, oh, I, you know, I, I forget sometimes. Or, you know, I don't pray like I used to. I don't read my Bible like I used to. Matter of fact, it's been a while since I've been to church. And I explained to them, I said, well, now, as far as the church go, you can go. And God don't have a problem with you going to the house of prayer. And he want us to go and fellowship with one another. I say, but I fellowship every day. I don't just wait for Sunday. I do it seven days a week. And as long as you got God, you got what you need. If the building burned down on Monday, the pastor died on Thursday, what would the church do? If you're dependent on that building and you're dependent on your pastor, this is why we study for ourselves the Bible. This is why we have a personal prayer life. Yeah. So that we have God, not a building and a pastor only, but we have Almighty God that have our power. But lazy people, a lot of times, lazy people, they go to church. Because they feel like they're getting from God what they need. They're not concerned about giving to God. They're concerned about getting from God. I read a thing one time that says, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what can you do for your country. So this morning I say, ask not what God can do for you, but what can you do for him? There are communities. You live in a community. And I invite you this morning to sit down and make yourself a list and make a list of the things that you're good at. Make a list of the things that you can offer for free to your community. Don't worry about the money. Jay Maul said, don't worry about the money in the bank. Don't worry about the gas in your car tank. Yeah. Make your list and see what can you give to Almighty God who have all power by serving your community. They tell me I can cook and I can bake pretty good. So I moved here. Where I come from, I was doing all of that, cooking, baking, uh, helping children, families, all of that. But when I got here, I really didn't know anyone. So I started out with the place I went the most. The place I went the most was Walmart and to get gas. And I go to a, a, a convenience station called Gate. G-A-T-E. And so I started there. I said, y'all eat brownies? He said, oh, yeah, we love brownies. I said, well, I'll bring y'all some brownies. I didn't think about the price of the base, the Dutch chocolate they're making. I didn't think about the flour, the eggs. The, I didn't think about none of that. The nuts, I didn't think about that. I went and got what I needed. And I baked them 12 brownies, and I took it to them. They were so happy to get those brownies. Well, I went back, and I gave them a pound cake. I went back, gave more brownies or whatever. When Christmas came, I went, and I gave everybody in the store a gift of some kind. wasn't really expensive, but what I could afford to do. When I go there now... When I walk in the door, I don't care how many people in there, they stop and they say, oh, hey, how you doing? And they be all excited to see me. 
God loves a cheerful giver. But we don't want to do anything. We don't want to give anything unless we get some money from it. But God can build on that one thing. You can be a leader in your community just by giving. Not only that, but you can bring your community together. People may not know each other in that community. Because everybody closed in, stayed in, I'm going to mind my business, I wave at you, but I don't really know a whole bunch about you. But that would be a, a way to bring your street together. And then guess what? It'll roll over to the next street and the next street, go all out to a whole different community. People get, somebody like to crochet. Somebody like to sew. Somebody like to paint. Somebody like to draw. And they're waiting on an opportunity, but they're not thinking that way, but they want an opportunity to give of their work, what they, they, they're qualified and capable of doing. That's what they want, but they don't have nobody to, because they felt like it was a, it was nuts to do this. I didn't feel no way tired. I didn't feel any way tired. I remember one lady uh, at the Dollar Tree, I took her banana nut bread. I took the dentist office, banana nut bread and cupcakes. The dentist came in. He was from India. He came in. I, I went, well, I went in to have some work done, and he numbed my mouth up and everything, and he disappeared. He said, I'll be back, and he disappeared. Well, in about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, he come back because I was just laying there numbing up or my mouth going dead. I'm like, where is he? So he come back in a few minutes and he asked his assistant, he said, hey, have you been in the break room and, and, and taste one of those cupcakes? And she said, no, I didn't know they were back there. He said, well, you better get on back there. He said, because those are some good cupcakes and they're going fast. I said, oh, my goodness. He said, lady, you can really bake. I said, thank you, sir. He said, oh, those cupcakes are excellent. So they told me he not only went in there and got a cupcake, but he got a cupcake for his family members and took them home. I said, what? They said, yeah, everybody got one, but he took the rest of them home with him, like you just made them for him. I was floored. But guess what that did for the dentist? He took good care of me, very good care of me. I was scared, looked like almost, I want to say, the death of a dentist in my mind. Oh, oh no, no, sticking, uh-uh-uh, pulling and cutting. Uh, no, wait, hold up. But he took his time, and I would close my eyes while he doing stuff, and he said, hey, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I wanted to say, look, I got to focus somewhere else. I can't focus in here because of what you're doing. I don't want to think on it. Yeah. But community, you can bring a community together. And people love food. So if you can't cook, you can buy the mini bags of chips, the little mini bags of uh, chocolate bars, and uh, bag them up in a little cute bag from Dollar Tree. They got the little tiny bags, you know, gift bags. And bag it up, and when you walk out, you know, you see a neighbor, hey, I have something for you, and you hold a bag up. You give them that bag. 
And you got to do it often now. You can't do it one time and think the community just going to flock together. No, you, you keep doing it and you keep talking to them and you mentioning God to them and Jesus and he died on the cross. He so loved us. Different things, you know. God gave me, I, I feel like it's a unique way because I'm talking to people. I'm talking about the word, but they don't realize that because they're not in the word like that. I'm talking to them in everyday plain English and it's about the word of God. It's about God. Yeah, because the conversation, I, I can't just talk to you and he don't come up. We're going to talk for hours and God don't come up in the conversation. Never something wrong with me if that's the case. So I encourage you today, right? Make your list. And if you don't want to give it to your particular community, find another place to give it. I like to give to employees because uh, today world, they're doing the work of 10 people and getting the money of a half person. They get money what you give to a child, not to an adult in most places. So when you encourage them, it bless their heart. It inspires them to do better. Because they, they, they working and they don't get nothing but ugly people a lot of days coming in there. Customer service is gone. And people don't know how to handle people, and so they talk to the customer service reps like they're crazy. So they don't, the, the, the reps don't do much. They do a little bit of their job because the, the company have trained them. Don't give too much away, even of yourself. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's what's happening today. So when you give these people something, like I just had to talk to Zabin. It's my home security systems company. And when the girl come in, uh, this morning, her name was Anna. Other times I've had different names, you know, people. And I always say, hi, Anna, or good morning, Anna. And that makes their day because you recognize them. Because, see, they're not recognizing them. People hate them and all kind of stuff. So when I say, good morning, Anna, you know, hope you're having a wonderful day. And then she came back this morning and she said, you know, thank you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. How may I help you? And I began to tell her how, and she quickly, quickly got to me. It was like maybe two minutes to seven. She got to me within two minutes to seven. I was able to close the call out and come here. Uh, and you can hear my voice this morning. I'm through with Anna for the day, you see. She gave me instructions of what I need to do for my living room camera. Yeah, just that quick. Because she got on with the business. And then afterwards, she, you know, talked to me a little bit about having a pleasant day, yada, 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 and we do. But we as believers, that's why the world is suffering. And that's why the world is in bad shape. We don't give enough. God loves a cheerful giver. I went yesterday to Walmart to deliver the employees some brownies. Uh, these people, they're the ones who come and put the groceries in your car, pick up. They were so happy to get those brownies. The lady brought another man out with her. <laughs> and she said, this is Miss Pittman. Uh, Miss Pittman is a real good customer. She's got a radio show she do in the morning, a podcast. And she worked, make the world's greatest brownies. Oh, boy, he was excited. Oh, thank you. We will tune in. Why? I show concern for them. 
I didn't ask him for no money. She shoved $3 in, in my hand. And I'm like, and I said, hold up, hold up. I have something for you. She said, better not be no dollars. <laughs> you see? Because these people are working, but they are human beings. And many times on the job, they don't get recognized. Unless they do something wrong, then they called out, you see? So no matter where you are, it's a community. I, I want to go over to the Dollar General and carry those people some brownies. When I go by the family dollar that I go by all the time, going to Jacksonville or in Jacksonville on that side, I always go by this particular one. There's many of them now on the route, but certain ones I've stopped in. Carry them something, banana nut bread, something, whatever I can do that I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at this. So the same thing for you. Whatever you feel you're good at, give, and God will give back to you. He will even fix your heart and regulate your mind. Because a lot of us, many days, we need our minds regulated because we don't know which way to go. But because we're cheerful givers and he loves us, He's going to lead and direct us in the right path for his name's sake. And if his name is on it, honey, it's a good thing. It's more than good. It's great. So we want to think on these things. Make your list. Well, I can dig worms out the ground. Well, what else can you do? I, I, I can cut patches of grass. I don't know what you may be able to do, but make yourself a list. And I would pray over my list and ask God to direct me. And what to do, which of these items should I give away? And Lord, show me who I should give these things to. It'll come to you. It does naturally come to me to give those people at that gate station a, a brownie. That just, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't natural, you know, but spiritually, it just come to me, give. And see if they like it. Over, I get my car serviced sometime at the dealership, or if I don't want to drive that far, I go to. Tire Plus. Tire Plus has gotten chocolate chip cookies. They got banana nut bread. They got pound cake. Yeah, I bake and, and, and give it away. Not concerned about how much it costs to bake it, none of that. That don't matter. God has blessed me, and he loves to cheer forgive us. Yeah, so I'm grateful unto him this morning, and I appreciate it. Hallelujah. Him. Appreciate him and all he has done. All he's doing right now and all he's going to do. Listen, this morning we're going to pray the prayer of faith because it's that prayer of faith that makes us whole. And yesterday, if we remember, God said he would take our hand and help us. He would tell us not to fear. Yeah, because he will help us. We want to remember that and we want to remember Great things are coming our way. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Put, put, put faith to it. Put trust to it. Put patience to it. Whatever it is you want. Because he give heart desire. He go beyond that. Uncommon heart desire. Uncommon miracle. See, we blessed every day. We are blessed every day. It's a miracle we wake up. But when during the day you get some things that you don't get every day, that's an uncommon blessing. You won't get that same thing tomorrow. 
God gave it to you today. If he send you a check for $30,000, tomorrow you won't get another $30,000 check. Many times. But he did it today. He gave you an uncommon blessing. You wasn't even expecting that. You didn't, you didn't know that was even old to you. He's that kind of guy. I've gone to the mailbox and money was in the mail. I had no clue it was coming. <laughs> hey, thank you, Lord. And it came on time. I needed it. And then they have a thing at my bank now, and, and probably all banks, where you can just de uh, deposit your check through your phone. I deposited my check through the phone, and when I went back and looked, my money was in there. They cleared the check and everything. In a few minutes, it didn't take them very long. He loves a cheerful giver. So when we give, he's going to give some unexpected blessings, some uncommon blessings, some uncommon miracles. You're going to get uncommon favor in places you never would have had it before, but God. Hallelujah. I feel all right right there this morning. So listen, we're going to pray the prayer of faith this morning, and I'm going to touch and agree with you with whatever you're asking God to do for you. Whatever you're asking him to do in your life today, I'm going to pray too, touch and agree with you, believe with you, <clears throat> ask God to do it for you. Yeah, and it's already all right. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Oh, we thank you this morning. We give you glory, Father. We give you honor and we give you praise. For there's none like you. Lord, what is wise is foolishness to the world. The things of you are wisdom. The things of you are good. It's foolishness to the world. They don't understand how could this be? Why would I give when I can make money off of this? Because you love a cheerful giver. And what I'm giving away what you're going to bring back to me is going to be way more valuable than what I gave away, Father. So we thank you this morning that you know, hallelujah, Jesus, you know what's best for each of us today. I bring every call and every listener before you. Father, I thank you for each one. I thank you for this faithful few. I thank you, Lord, that they come every morning to hear what you got to say to them. We thank you for prayer this morning that we can communicate with you. We can talk to you. Lord, if we have the patience to wait, you're going to speak back in our spirit. We're grateful to you this morning. We appreciate you this morning. We love you this morning. Hallelujah. But, Father, there's none like you. We come this morning asking that, Lord, you would open our wisdom with things to do for our community. That, God, it would be a calling card that we get to talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people. You've given us testimony after testimony, whether we share it or not. God, you have blessed us. Things could be so much worse. Oh, but your grace and your mercy, most of all, your love has provided for us. That, God, we can go one more day. Hallelujah. Thank you. We can get through one more afternoon. We could get through one more day of work. We could get through one night, one more night, Lord. We thank you today. So many things you've done for us. Father, we thank you that you bring the sun to shine. You bring the moon out at night. You keep changing the seasons so that we can continue to live in the earth. 
Father, there are many illnesses and many sicknesses and disease. Oh, but yet you're on our side in spite of us. Father, you're yet looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs, your people. Oh, you're blessing your people, Father. The world may be suffering because they don't know you. And Lord, we ask today that you would help us to do these things in the community and help lift you up so that you can draw all men unto you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And Father, this morning, laughter is like medication. And Lord, we believe that you blessed us with these emotions and help those that are so caught up into whatever they are going through. They haven't completely let, let it be on the altar. They haven't completely left it on the altar. Have mercy this morning. And Lord, loosen them up to let them know you got it. And it's okay to laugh today. It's okay for laughter. It's okay to take laughter as medication. Do it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bless every household represented here. Father, I ask that you would fix every household. Send your anointing through and anything there that's not of you, Father, I ask that you would remove it today in the name of Jesus and bring peace to your people. Fix the brokenhearted this morning, the contrite spirit. Move today like no other day for us in the name of Jesus. Father, those that stand in the need of finances, open doors, make ways for them, Father. Let them know you have not forgotten them. Lift their spirits and their hearts. Encourage them today. Lord, you inspired them in the name of Jesus. Bless this segment this morning, Father, of Jesus in the morning. Lord, I ask that you would be in every walk of it, every inch of it today. In the name of Jesus. Let your people go out more than blessed. Let them go out in miracles and wonders, oh God. Let them go out with clarity and understanding this morning. Hallelujah. We need you, Lord. We come each morning because we need you. We can't make it without you. We know many say they love you and they got you, but God, in the mornings, they, they only have two minutes for you. But Lord, we take as much time as we possibly can in the mornings. They give it to you as a group. Or here, Father, in the name of Jesus. You gave this to us. You gave it to us. 13 years almost, Father, you continue to keep this going for us. And Lord, whatever you bless me with, I want you to bless your people with more. If I get a new anything, I want you to give your people more in the name of Jesus. Lord, if you give me wisdom on something I was concerned about, I ask that you would give your people wisdom on what they are concerned about in the name of Jesus. Or move here today, Father. We need you. Can't make it without you. I feel sadness and pain. Hey, God. Asking that you move it today. In the name of Jesus. I bring encouragement. Bring uplifting here today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't want to be so serious that we can't live a good life. Because if you watch over the birds, you watch over the air, the fields of the uh, of the lilies of the field, 
The birds of the air truly will work more to you. Truly you're watching over us. Truly you're giving to us. Those that are concerned about their jobs, some people ready to go, God. They don't want to stay no longer. They've given their service and nobody recognized just truly how much service they have given. Even when they were going through in their personal life, they yet went to work, but nobody really uplift them. So, Father, we ask today that those that are ready to leave their jobs, that God, you would open doors and make ways for them. And let the new job be easy. Let them be in love with it. Love it so much they're willing to work on their off day. God, and let the pay follow. Woo! Let the pay follow, God, the position. And well, let the pay come with the position. They come together as a package, as a team, in the name of Jesus. What you give, it won't add no sorrow. Those that are sick this morning, Father, help them to let go. Help them to let go. And Lord, if they can't let go, God, I ask that you would ease the pain, ease the situation, encourage them, give them physical energy and spiritual energy this morning in the name of Jesus, that things they desire to do, they are able to get up and do it, although they've been diagnosed with this, that, and the other, and it have not left them. But God, you are able to bless them to live an abundant life. Or do it today in the name of Jesus. Father, those that want better places to live, better cars to drive, those that want their ministry to flourish, God, they want to know what it is you would have them to do. Move today in the name of Jesus. If it be your will today, Father, and we believe that it's your will. And, Father, we don't believe that we're praying amiss, but we're praying according to to your will. We're talking to you about the things that we believe that you're willing and able to do for us. And Lord, this morning we ask you not what so much all the time what you can do for us, but what can we do for you? Father, you said the harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send more labors. Father, we ask that you will send more labors. Today, oh God, to work the vineyard. But Father, we ask that you would remember the the work, the labor that you called and chose us for, or, or chose or called us for today. Do it for your glory. And that God will come out praising you and worshiping you in the name of Jesus. Again, bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today, Father. Or move like never before in the precious name of Jesus. Bless widowers and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people. Father, preachers preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Hallelujah. Mm. Bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Father, we ask this morning that you bless all our brothers and sisters overseas asking that you would continue to bless America and the leadership. Ask this morning that, God, you would bless those that are incarcerated everywhere today. Set free those that are ready to be released in the name of Jesus. So, Father, you know what's best about everything. You see past, present, and future. 
your almighty God who have a purpose and a plan for your people. And Lord, we thank you this morning and we ask that you would lead those to you as we lift you up who has not received you as their Lord and Savior. Father, as we lift you up, draw this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now. We thank you right now. We thank you, Lord. Hey, glory to his majesty. Oh, we thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, was needing uh, some money. And I see you, Kate. I'm coming. I'm coming. I was needing some money. And I began to uh, talk to the Lord about some things. And listen, the money came. He opened a door that I, I had no clue about. I had no clue about this door that God could open. I, I didn't even know it was a door. I didn't, I didn't even know it was a way. But he's a door opener. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Everything he said about us in his word, he meant what he said and said what he meant. But we got to follow Again this morning, faith, trust, and patience. Faith, trust, and patience. It's going to get you what you thought you may not would be able to have. I, I just want to encourage you right quick, and then our guess has come. And we're leaning and depend on these things. God will bless us like never before. Hallelujah. So we're thankful. We're thankful under him. We believe not only he heard the prayer of faith, but he's going to answer. So if you want to take a trip, and see, I, that's what I want. Aruga or wherever, I, I want to take me a trip. I, I want to uh, go to the tropical island, you know, if summer comes. And I want me a tropical island, Sion, where I can do what I want to do. I can lay out and pray. I can study my Bible in peace, no phone, no door, no go to do nothing. Yeah. I know y'all seen the movie The Help. And uh, the lady told Minnie, said, well, maybe you should burn the chicken a little bit. She said, Minnie don't burn no chicken. All that thing tickled me up. So I use that phrase all the time. Yeah. Shantae may say, Mama, I say, hey, Barbara, don't do this and that. Yeah, that tickled me real good. So look, I want to go, and I believe the Lord is moving for me. I believe he's making a way for me to go on a trip. Now, if you want to go with me, let me know, and we'll, we'll work it out together and meet somewhere and do what we do. Yeah. And Jeremy said the Lord was speaking to her yesterday. As I was speaking, said, he was telling her, oh, she thinks you won't go. Oh, you go. Don't worry. Because he's going to make a way. Because we believe it. We have faith, we trust in God, and we have the patience to wait on him. June haven't even gotten here yet. And I don't put my, my prayer request in motion. Huh? huh? I have went before the throne of grace and put my prayer, my petition before the Lord, and I left it there. That's what I'm talking about. I was telling him yesterday, I want the floors I want. I want the windows in my house that I want. I want my pool this, and I want my pond that I back. Yeah, I done told him what I want. I told him about my bathroom, and I, I want a bigger enclosed glass shower. Yeah, take that garden tub. I, I don't need all of that. 
I need that wide open shower with a, a, a feet around it and things. Yeah, even a, a place that'll put my foot so I can wash my feet real good, all between my toes real good with no stress or nothing. Huh? I told them what I want. They told me way back in the day, be specific. And I used to say, but he know the very intent of my heart. So, but he said, you have not because you ask not. Open your mouth and ask for what you want. He's not the booger man. And we're not, we're not just going to God for great things because that's all we want. No, he's our Lord and Savior. We love him this morning. We reverence him. We recognize him. We appreciate him. We, we love him. We're grateful unto him. We are thankful unto him. We worship him in spirit and in truth. So he knows we're not just coming for stuff and things and we're not going to be cheerful givers and we're not going to honor his word. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're going to honor everything that is about him. We're going to show him we love him and we're going to ask for what we want. And we're going to work while it's day because when night comes, no man can see. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, uh, Kay, before I introduce you, I uh, want to play this one for you. I want to dedicate this song to you. This this is what come up for you. And so I want to dedicate this one to you. And I want you to hold on to this and don't ever forget it. Don't you ever forget it. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what come your way, Kay. I want you to remember this. You have a friend in Jesus. He won't leave you, not forsake you. I don't care what's going on. He will be with you to the end. You chose clean comedy. There's a reason for that. Listen to this, Dad. Listen to this.
the love worldwide www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah Hallelujah Kay, don't you ever forget that Mr. Al Green told you something this morning yeah that's just for you to remember that will carry you through the rest of your life Hallelujah you have a friend in Jesus listen I'm going to bring you in right now your mic is open Kate. And uh, I just want to share this a little bit with y'all right quick to introduce her. Her name is Kadrina K. Mack. And uh, she's a comedian, is what we call them. She's real funny. And uh, she's got a big heart. And uh, her one main thing is um, to get the big laughs. And she want to bless people. One uh, funny thing at a time, I'm going to say, yeah, because laughing is so good for us. It is. And y'all know I love it. I, I, I'm telling you, many days I'm teaching the word and it tickles me because of something that has been said. And y'all know I don't mind right being in there laughing. Some days see on my right behind the scene and say something funny. And yesterday when Pastor David was speaking, she said, my honey, look at my honey. Oh, it just tickled me good. Yeah, because she loved her husband. Oh, she loved that David. And so I thank God for laughter. So look, I call this young lady Kate. And uh, I'm sure it's for Kadrina is why she got the K there. But it just come to me, call her Kate. Because I felt (laughs) like I've known her a long time. She's from Sanford, Florida. But she's living and been living in Wilmington, Delaware, and in the New Casper areas where she uh, lives and, and, and do clean comedy. And so um, she was second place finalist in the 2023 Sinbad Southern California Inspirational Comedy Competition and won, look, Comedian of the Year through Church Stars. Network in 2019. She also performed on the Capital Jazz Festival in 2023. 
Super Cruise from Puerto Rico on the Royal Caribbean opening for Kirk uh, Wallam and B.B. Winans and has shared the stage with Michael Collier, I hope I pronounced it right, in Washington, D.C. at the Comedy Law and in Philadelphia at the M.E.T. Theater and Helium Community uh, com- Comedy Club. Y'all forgive me because I'm looking at this stuff and then I'm seeing it in my mind. But look, I love to laugh. And they write me, these people write me all the time about doing comedy. But my daughter, uh, my second oldest, uh, uh, Kalea, she took that spot. And so she's being invited, you know, to do comedy. This girl have had me almost on the floor crying, Brother Louis. When you hear me say manyan about money, that's where I get that from her. Yeah. And many days, this been back in the day a while now, she would call me and say, oh, they don't want me to be great today. The first time I heard that, it was just too funny. I never met Kay. I never heard her do her work. But when I read yesterday and I saw her, I, I automatically just started laughing. I said, oh, this one is funny. Yeah. This one is real funny. This is what come to me. And so, because, you know, God don't make no mistake, and he don't give no junk, and he don't send me to just in and everybody to invite, to bring here for us. No, that's not what he does. He, he give us the cream of the crop. Hallelujah. And so we're grateful unto him. So, Kate, come on in. Tell us a little bit more about you if you choose to. And Amen. Uh, Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you nice and clear. Amen. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Yes. You got me laughing. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. So I do the same thing. I say, that's my favorite part, too, when she says, Minnie don't burn no chicken. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That is my favorite part. Yes. Mine, too. Mine, too. Oh, goodness. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, Kate, tell me Yes. God is faithful. Tell me this, Kate. How did you get started in comedy? Just tell us that, and then you can have the floor. I won't say nothing else. (laughs) Absolutely. Um. I like, I didn't really choose comedy. I always tell people comedy chose me because in my life, out of the blue, right? Wow. So this was nothing that I ever aspired to be. Like, oh, I'm going to be a comedian when I grow up. That's not how it happened. <laughs> um, this, I didn't even know that I had this gift until I lost my job after 12 years. And it's something how when something traumatic happens to you and your back is pressed against the wall and you can't do anything but call on the name of Jesus. And when you ask for his help, it's something how he squeezes out gifts and talents that you didn't even recognize or that you had never utilized before. And that's what happened in my situation. I can tell you the long version of how this young lady named Chanel, basically she asked me to open up for her for a comedy. uh, She put together a comedy show for her church. And she was just like, I just want you to do five minutes. And I'm like, I'm not a comedian. 
you know, she was like, but Kadrina, you're funny. You are so funny. And I said, but that's because you laugh at everything I say. You're my friend. But it's a difference when you have to stand before people that you don't even know. How do you make people you don't know laugh? They don't know you from a can of paint. And so it was a different experience for me. She wouldn't take no for an answer. And I always credit her um, for the God in her for pushing me to this. And she said she recognized it right away. But mm. I, I had no idea that my life was moving towards this way. And, I mean, through the Ministry of Comedy, I mean, God, I have shared the stage with people that I've seen on TV. I met my husband through comedy. I met, like, everything has happened if I wouldn't have took a leap of faith through this door. And it's all from when losing my job. And what I thought was the worst day of my life was actually the best day of my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is exciting. So, I mean, but I just literally talk about my life seem to resonate with my little stories uh, which is beautiful because then they tell me their stories at the end Um, and I just love making people smile my tagline is I'm the comedian with the big heart who gets the big laugh from Wilmington, Delaware And then, as I told you earlier, I said the Bible defines laughter as a medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I'm literally going around the world, right, prescribing doses of joy, one joke at a time. That's it right there. (laughs) And I like it. I like it a lot. But, you know, uh, sharing that little testimony right there of how – Comedy chose you, and everywhere you basically are involved, comedy brought it there. That's Mm -hmm. a ministry. That's a ministry, Kate, and that's God. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. All God. And I I didn't take it seriously at first. I uh, I didn't. For the first four years, I could say I ran from it, okay, because... I did the little show for her when she asked me, and which is on YouTube. My first time on stage is actually on YouTube, if anybody ever get time. What's the name of it? My name. It's, oh, uh, it's just my, my name, Kadrina Mack, because okay. I didn't even go by Comedian K. Mack at that time, because I thought this was a one-time thing. I wasn't expecting to do this for years and years. So when I did that show, I said, I'm just doing it for her because she won't leave me alone. She would not take no for an answer. (laughs) And I performed there, and I thought it was a one-time thing. At the end of that event, people was asking me for my number. And, oh, when can you come to my church? When can that would be nice to have at my church? And I was like, are y'all serious? You you serious right now? And so... (laughs) They were serious. I mean, they invited me to their church, and I said, okay, God, apparently I'm on a little wave, you know, and I'm just going to ride this wave until it go down because these people don't know I ain't doing nothing but standing up here and talking, and they seem to, 
they seem to be enjoying it, you know. But I was like, I'm going to just ride this wave until it's over, and then when it's over, I'm going to go back to normal life and my regularly scheduled program. Ten years later, wow. God said no. I don't want awards and being recognized. And I'm like, God, you are blowing my mind with this. And yes. and so I finally decided, say, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I started, I got involved with a Christian comedy network um, that, you know, you come together, you get some training, you know, uh, uh, along with some other Christian clean comedians. Learn how to write, learn how to get better on stage, you know. So I said, I'm going to take this seriously. And I got involved with this organization called Living on Laughter Gospel Comedy Association. And it's just amazing how the veteran comedians who've been doing it for like 30-plus years, they come back and they just share their knowledge with young comedians. And they say, yeah, our goal is to make people laugh. But don't forget that this is a ministry first. Mm -hmm. Don't forget why you're there. Don't forget that you're there to encourage people and to let them know that Jesus loves them. So that is my mission, to go around the world, literally, because he said if you acknowledge him in all of, his, in all of your ways, he will direct your path, right? Look to hear, girl. Look to hear this morning. Don't sign nothing. Don't be there. <laughs> Ooh, so that's that what I do. I just acknowledge him in everything that I do, and yeah. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of. Him. I will give God the praise anywhere. Oh, My husband looked at me. He said, "My baby loves Jesus." Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Cause he done been too good to me. Hallelujah. Too good to me. You know what yeah. I mean? All I got to do is look back mm. at the things that he done brought me out of, the things that he done did, even if he don't do another thing. Hallelujah. He done still did enough. Oh, because, you. you know, but he's not that type of guy. Like you said, if he take care of the birdie, why uh, not yeah. me? Mm-hmm. He got everything under control, things that we haven't even thought about yet. He done already took care of it. And yeah. I take peace in that. I take Thank comfort you. in that. Thank you. I take comfort Thank that I can cast my cares on him and that uh, he has everything under control. Mm-hmm. I lived my life so many years in survival mode because I was just surviving, working, working so hard, you know, just to make ends meet. Because if I don't, who would? Mm. Who would? I just got married, you know? So it's like before that, if I didn't work, who was going to pay the bills? You know, but God did it. And he always will make sure that you have everything that you need. So, yeah, I didn't mean to go on the rant, but anytime I I start talking about God, I get happy. Well, go on on the rant because I'm I'm, I'm listening and enjoying it because I tell you this, that's what he said. And he said it this morning in Psalms 105. Talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people. He gives us platforms. He gives us platforms. And we're able to talk of his wondrous works. I I, I look at your ministry. 
a ministry of comedy, a ministry of encouragement, inspiration, because some things you say will inspire people. Some things you say, you may have some uh, people that come to see your show who's not saved yet, but they look at you and say, oh, she can do this, and she say, I know you could do this. I like this right here. I'm going to take God now. I'll take it. I'm raising my hand. Give me some Jesus. Yeah, because I didn't know he was like this right here. I didn't know he was good, and, and, and he make you laugh. I, I didn't know he could, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you're always going to have uh, uh, all kind of people around. Wherever you go, you know, to, to do your work, to do ministry, there are people around. And you may not always know, Kate, just how you tugged on their heart. But God knows, and he did it for his glory. And because He allowed, you allow him to use you, these people were blessed. Now, you won't see it now, but when he come back for you, and it's your time to go before him, you, you will look back, and he'll even point and show you, those are the ones that I had you to minister to through funny stuff, through comedy. Yeah, those are the ones. So your work won't burn up before you. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. I love. In, it. Yeah, in Jesus' name. So tell me this: What is one of the funniest uh, jokes you think you ever told? Oh Lord, ever told ever? <laughs> uh, I tell you one that um that tickles a lot of people right now. Maybe you'll like this one, okay? Okay. But uh, my mom, my mom loves the shop. Love she she likes this place in particular called Ross. You ever heard of Ross? Oh, I love Ross. Right, my mom loves Ross, and you know on Tuesday they got Senior Night where uh, Senior Night. I'm acting like it's a club. Senior yeah. Day where you get you get a percentage off. Did you know that? Yeah. Right. So anyway, she loves that place. She loves it. I go to her, go with her to go shopping. She's filling up the cart, Miss Barbara. Filling up the cart like we rich, okay? So we get to the register. All of a sudden, she's tapping herself, looking around, right? Like, oh, God. Oh, goodness. Oh, she looking at me because she done forgot her wallet, right? Now, I, I always say if you want a blessing, learn how to be a blessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, this is my opportunity to be a blessing to my mom. Okay. It really is. You know, so being the good daughter that I am, <laughs> I helped her put everything back on the shelf. All right. <laughs> I said, you need to learn how to be more responsible, okay? Because that's what she would have told me, Miss Barbara. That's what she would have told me. Oof. So I said, I helped her put everything. I said, I think them shoes went right there. All right. <laughs> That's what right there. A lot of people get tickled on their joke, and they always tell me their stories about their mom. And I thought that was fitting because Mother's Day is coming up. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, my mom recently, uh, oh, like mm, a year ago, I want to say. Um, lost one of her best friends of more than 30 years, okay? Wow. And so she called me and she said, Kay, 
you know, Leanne passed and my heart dropped. I said, oh, mom, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And when you close to somebody, real close to somebody, you know the little things that kind of put a smile on their face even without you saying a word, mm-hmm. you know. And so before I went to her house, I picked up a dozen of crabs because my mom loved crabs. It can just change the mood in any situation, okay? Mm-hmm. So I picked up a dozen of crabs, and I sat at her feet, and I let her eat her crab and talk about her friends, okay? okay? And I'm such a good daughter, I didn't even ask for none, all right? Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't offer none neither, but that was a different story, okay? Um, only for her, Miss Barbara, to call me last week talking about, okay, Mac, <laughs> Sheila died. And I, I said, okay, Mom, I'm on my way. But before I went over there, Miss Barbara, what did I go do? Get crabs. I went and got some crabs. Yes, I did. And I and I sat at her feet, and I let her eat her crab. But this time I noticed she wasn't doing that much talking. So I finally got enough nerve to look up. I said, well, Mom, who is she? I never really heard you talk about her before. She's going to pick up the obituary talking about, well, according to this, uh, she got three kids. Uh, she's from Jacksonville. I said, Mom, you don't even know, Sheila. you just using me for get some crabs. That don't make no sense. I said, you could have asked me, Mom. You could have asked me. I would have got you some crabs. She's a whole trip, Miss Barbara. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. I I love that one. I love it. Yeah. She tried to get some crabs. Yeah, because that, that's she's what She's trying we to get do. some crabs, Miss Barbara. Yeah. Picking out people off the obituary. <laughs> so now now when she called me, this, and this is true stories, right? So now when she tell me somebody died, the thing, her tagline is, and I'm not asking for crabs. I said, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at you funny now, like, mm, okay. just want some crabs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we do in Florida. We eat them ball crabs. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I love them myself. Oh, you done talked it up. I might have to go get me a crab tray today. You know what? I can't. <laughs> that sounds so good right about now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, that's that's the kind of I consider myself a a storyteller. Yes. And I just tell stories that people would uh well, that I live and then that some people seem to identify with. Mm-hmm. And then at every show that I have, we just have a good time. I I like when people talk back to me. I like when they interact in my show. And I just try to make it all inclusive, and we just have a good time and just laugh together. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. And um, that's what I do. Okay. So right now you're working uh, Wilmington and Newcastle. That's where you're working right now. That's correct. So this is where I live. I Mm -hmm. travel a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I travel um, a lot with the comedy, um, okay. but I always represent. I always represent Wilmington, 
Wilmington, Delaware, and Newcastle, Delaware, where I'm from. Okay. So uh, it's I, I have to rep them because this is a small state. You know, Delaware is the first state, and there's so much talent here, untapped and uncovered talent, that if I get a large enough platform, there's so many uh, people that I want to share with the world who I believe need that exposure. Okay. Well, let, let, me, say this. let me say this, Kate. Uh, you can always call me and tell me you got someone you want me to interview and then use your name, and I'll be more than happy to do what I can on this end right here. Because Oh, um, absolutely. Thank yeah. you. A lot of times people don't get what they really should um, because you, you heard the saying they take a village to raise a child. Yeah. Because the village is not bringing them up. I was looking at this morning, looking at it on Facebook. All the over, I, I wouldn't take no more friends. I got over, I think, three or 400. And people just come, you know, and just befriend you because of something. Uh, they like the show. They like that, you know, you're doing a show or something. But if we team up together and do our part, I can help you. You help me. Or if you can't help me, you help someone else. But I was Praise looking God. at it. Yeah. If each one of these people told somebody about Jesus in the morning, or a guest that I brought to Jesus in the morning. If we could grow each other. But that's right. I trust the Lord and He has blessed me. He has blessed me. Because I trust Him and I don't really try to make it bigger than it is. He gave faith, uh, us faith for few people that come here faithfully every morning, 7 a.m. Right. Eastern Standard Time, to take a listen and, and to hear what God is saying to them, the church. But if we just Reach out and help one another. I don't care what your business is. I, I can't help your color. You know, I'm not just a black folks and I support black businesses. Now, I support all businesses that got what I want over there that I can afford to buy from over there. Now, that I, I go over and get what I want. That's what I do, right. Kate. I got nothing to do with your color and all of that. God made you who it was. If you're selling peanuts on the corner and you're black, I'm going to buy them if they're good. If you're selling peanuts on the corner, you're Mexican. I'm a, if you're selling uh, El Loco, the, the corn or whatever it's called, and it's good, I'm going to get it. I, I ain't got nothing to do with your nationality. I didn't make you. God did. <laughs> you, got what, you, you got what I want over there, so I'm coming to get it. And see, just the whole thing, we need to cut all this foolishness out. Uh, I, I'm a black-owned business, and I ain't doing business with you if I can help it because y'all want the money, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. I'm honest. I'm going to spend my money where I'm going to get what they told me I'm going to get, and if I don't get it and I go back, they're going to make it right. They ain't going to go to cussing and tell my way you should support. Yeah, I support black folks that's doing right. Yeah, I got no time for the foolishness. This is my money. Harder. Right. And, and and you're not going to just take my stuff and just uh, tell my color. Uh-uh. I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't vote for Mr. Obama because I saw you're just voting for him for his color. I know nothing about that man. That was the first time I ever really heard something about him. I wasn't putting my foot in the water like that and let a shark bite off my foot. I ain't got time for that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we gonna help one another. And anybody you know who you think I may be a blessing to, send them away. I don't have no problem. We don't have no problem with that. But we climbing up and we preparing every day for the return of our Lord and Savior. And He loves a cheerful giver. And I and if I give to you, and and you give to somebody else, hey, we still give it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Brother Lewis, this is my sidekick. Brother, I, I've been here almost 13 years too, Kay. And Brother Lewis been here with me. He said, hey, Sister Kay Mack. <laughs> hey, Brother Louis. <laughs> you got to know that Louis after a while, Kay. Come when you can so you can get to know that Louis. Louis have you on the floor rolling here. He'll have what? you <laughs> He should be a comedian too. Yes, he should. Yeah. So I just oh, that's uh, so funny. Uh-huh. I love people and you know, I love helping people and I'm like you, I love a smile on people's face. And when I've done something for the person and they truly appreciate it, oh, it just makes my whole day. It makes my day. Because oh, I what see a yeah, you got what you needed, and a lot of things I do, other people won't do that. And so when uh-huh. I do this, a lot of times their eyes get big, and they say, for real? I say, yeah. I had one lady say, uh-uh. I said, yeah. No. I said, you don't want, yeah, I'll need it. But I can't <laughs> Yeah, this, this, this is how I'm going to roll with you because I did it. And guess what? It didn't come out my pocket. It didn't come out my personal pocket. God did it. And I was able to bring it over to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's that kind Thank of friend. God. A friend yes, that's is. closer than a brother. Amen. And when you said that part, lean not. See, that's my favorite scripture. Uh, one of my top, that is the top scripture for me. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Well, all thine heart. And lean not yes. to thy own understanding. In own all understanding. thy ways, acknowledge it's him. Not. And it's a promise he shall direct that path. Be Thank not wise God. in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Honey, when we walk in that right there, God going to move. He's been doing it since the early 90s for me with that same scripture. Yes. And I give it to everybody. Because if you meditate and walk in that, God going to move. You just got to get out, out of his way. Let go and let him do what he can do. Because you can't do nothing. Without him, we can't do nothing. He woke each of us up this morning. Uh-huh. And those that are here, your clothes in your right mind, he did that too. Yeah. Gave us Thank another Yes. He's that kind of God, and I love him. He's got I all love power. Him. All power. There's no higher power. He made the heavens and the earth. Now tell me this, yes, case. What was your most exciting place to go and do ministry, do comedy? Um, that had to have been this January, this year. I got the opportunity to perform on for the Capital Jazz Festival Super Cruise is what it's called the super cruise and we mm. left out of Puerto Rico and it was a seven day cruise and I got to take my husband with me 
and the room was filled with like 3,000 plus people. Mm. And I got to go up there and I opened up, like it says on my bio, for B.B. Winans and jazz artist Kirk Whalum. And I'm telling you, that probably was one of the best shows I ever had in my whole entire life. Wow. Right there. And I got to go out there and tell the people that Jesus loves them. And I was just, uh, I was nervous at first, of course. I always get nervous. But by the time I got on stage, it was just like this comfortability that hit me. And for 30 minutes, I got to talk to the people and share with them and laugh with them. And it was just an awesome experience that by the time I got off stage, the whole rest of the crews, I had aunties and uncles, and everybody was yelling out, hey, K-Mac, you know. (laughs) And it was just beautiful. It was the best time of my life. It really was. And uh, I believe you're going to go on that trip, too. Okay. You're going to oh, yeah, go on that trip, and you're going to get oh, the lay got, on the beach. What you say? What you say? You ain't got that to worry yep. about. I'm going on the trip now. I got had a trip, and I'm going. Mm-hmm. And um, Yes, you are. Yeah, I even saw myself there. I saw myself on the beach and and uh, everything. I saw my, myself in this little, like a bungalow cottage thing, and I was all Woo! that. Yeah, I was Come doing on, the bungalow. Thing. All right, I was doing it big. I'm trying to tell you now. <laughs> so, um, I, was, I was even eating fresh fruit and, and uh, all kind of stuff, and I could see the sand on my feet, and I was like, oh, look at you. You're doing big things over here. Yeah. I and, know, that's right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. God is faithful. And see, if we sit around to my no, I, I can't afford it. I, I, I can't, but God can, and I'm going with him. Yeah. I, I, I'm on a nice cruise. Say. Do you like yeah. cruise ships? I do. I do. But I prefer to just fly somewhere and do one swoop of traveling quick and oh, set okay. out. But I do like the cruise. Now, I went to the Bahamas, and they almost had to put me off their boat, honey, because I didn't want to get off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and look, Kate, a friend of mine told me this. He was like, look, now, them people brought us over here on a boat. You, you should have jumped off the boat and ran back home. But now you oh, want to stay on the boat. Yeah, I said, well, when Jesus, you know, let Peter walk no water, he got out the boat, didn't he? And he said, we just have a thing going back and forth with that boat. But I enjoyed that cruise. Uh, uh, my tour guide was named uh, Mr. Craig. He was a preacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. And God, God put me in his presence. He took good care of me now. And he took me to this little place. It was like a little cafe. And they had a screen door to it, you know. And the ladies out shelling peas and different things, you know, right there, that what they were going to cook. And so he took me in there and introduced me to everybody. Maybe uh, four or five people was there. And so he, I asked him what was that green thing that looked like a coconut. He told me something. And he went into his van and got a machete. He went and hit up in a tree and pulled the, the big green thing down. And he cut the top of it off. And he said, taste this. And I was looking at I was looking around because I ain't never had this before. 
and not sipped out of it. It had a weird taste. It, it, it wasn't any taste I was used to, not even coconut flavor. So as soon as I sipped it, this man came and he said, lady, what are you doing? Where is your husband? I said, I'm not married. He said, you only drink this when you marry. And they all bust out. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. But he had me going at first. Oh, and I'm holding the thing out, the, uh, the minister Craig, take it, take it back. I don't want it. Oh, it was just wonderful. It was just, I know you missed it, Kate, but it's okay. You back, you back. So, yeah. I I'm not know. sure what happened. It just hung up. I know it do that sometimes. I guess just drop calls. It could be your area, you know, or my area even, <laughs> and the call just drop. But yeah, I had a wonderful time over there, and uh, with Minister Craig and the people on the porch is what I called them, and uh, they had me uh, even getting rum cake, Bacardi rum cake. I'm like, mm. I don't, I don't drink like that. I, I, don't, I don't do all of that. They was like, taste this. When I hit that, I was like, oh, I do do all of this right here. I bought a cake and <laughs> That thing was so good. Yeah, it was so good, Kate. No, 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 getting drunk, you know. It, it had a great wine flavor. Buttery yeah, it all, it all evaporates by the time it cooks anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, so I no... say, yeah, I do do this. I, I, I do this rom cake. And I bought my family, everybody basically in my immediate family, I brought them something back. Uh I was running up and down the ship, and uh, I went to karaoke. Oh, just all kind of good stuff. I was just having a great time. And um, I didn't even know I had brought the kind of right clothes to wear on a cruise. You know, I didn't know. I just packed what I had and, and comfortable and went on. And I, as a matter of fact, my job gave that cruise to me uh, uh, for being a good employee and, and, and bringing in some accounts that month, uh, that year, because it was right after Christmas, uh, I went on the cruise, not too long after, and um, oh, I, I truly enjoyed it. So what you were going to say about that cruise, Kate, because I, I, I want to know. Well, I mean, I was just thinking about you going on the cruise so you can put your feet on the, um, on the beach, you know. And you you in Florida. You you should be able to go to the beach every other day, right? No, it's the same beach. I want something different. Oh, I understand that. And I understand. See, we well, have, you should go to Puerto have, Rico. It was beautiful there. What? Wait a minute. I'm writing this down, Puerto Rico, because you know I can do that now. Okay. Because, look, I, I wanted somewhere kind of tropical, I guess you would call it, uh, somewhere where the parrots and the trees, the birds, you know, and then they got other stuff over here. The fish is different in the ocean, and, you know, the water looking different. Because we got plenty of beaches, Jacksonville Beach, Oda Anastasia Island Beach, and St. Augustine. Somebody call the police on them. It should be illegal how nice that thing is. So we have, you know, all this stuff, Daytona Beach, and then you have your little private places, beaches where you can talk to the people and they let you on. Now, I ain't talking about the nude right. stuff now. I'm not a part of the nudist camp. I don't do nude. Yeah, I'm too sexy for all of that, Kate. But I do like, uh, you know, where it's not crowded. 
and it's easy access to the beach and back. So that's why I was talking about the bungalow, and I could just run out the back door straight into the ocean. I like that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. And see, wow. if I, even if I went to Jacksonville Beach, on my way there, I know plenty of people. So I'm, it's just in there. I'm going to stop by and say hey to Sarah, and then when I get on around the corner over there, Hey, Gwen, and then I get on down. John, how y'all, instead of just going straight to the beach, see? But if I go to an island that nobody know me, you know, I'm just over there, and I ain't got to stop and speak and do nothing but what I want to do. Right. And eat, eat me some good fish. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to tell you what sounds really amazing. I, I, I thought about going to Samoa, the English side of Samoa. Mm-hmm. My friend Irene said that she knew they had a New Zealand Samoa, but she didn't know about the English side. But I have some friends from there, uh, Chris and Marcy and those, Ben and, and, and all of them, Miran. Yeah, they're from that English mm-hmm. side of Samoa. And when I tell you, uh, Kay, these people cook the greatest food, y'all know I got to come back to them groceries. They oh, cook yeah. a, a turkey tail and rice. It's rich. It tastes buttery, but they put no butter in it. It's from the way they cook the turkey tail. They oh, that sounds we They make a coleslaw, and they put fruit cocktail, our can fruit cocktail, into the coleslaw. It's creamy and delicious. And he passed away what? now. Yeah, Pastor Tino. He passed away. But you talking about a Hawaiian barbecue chicken? Oh, my goodness. I said, I said, if Tino got brothers who can cook like him, I'm going to marry me a Samoan man. Just for the cooking. <laughs> oh, they cook good. And they eat big. And they eat a lot of starches, and I couldn't hang. I couldn't hang. And they said, we got to teach you how to eat. No, I've been eating, you know, ever since, you know, I became a toddler. I learned how to eat on my own. I just can't eat as much as they can. And they had big bats, cake, big pots, like they cook for the military, big pots of turkey tails and rice, because they're going to feed everybody and anybody. They're real hospitable and friendly people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they treated me like a queen. Wow. I might need to check out Samoa and on my way back, go go on on over there to Puerto Rico. So when you going back to Puerto Rico on the next tour, a cruise tour to have it? Well, that was my first time there. I don't know when I'll be back. Hopefully, when if I ever get booked. Um, I would be honored to go back on the Capital Jazz Festival cruise, which is leaving out of Florida next year. Mm. Right? Okay, and well, uh, in, in February, um, let me find mm. the date for you. Because if I if they call me back, oh, I'm acting out. Okay. Uh, well, if they call you back, you let me know, and I'll join you on the cruise. Okay, that's yeah, a go. promise. Okay, we'll go and clown. <laughs> I tell you, and it was such a good experience for me because it felt like 
first of all, it it was just amazing to be with um, my husband on this cruise. Mm. And like I said, it was just all family from mm. beginning to end. It just, I didn't know everybody from a can of paint when we got on there. But uh-huh. the way they love on you, they just showed they had mm. good concerts and shows and the food. Let's talk about the food because the ministry yeah, is in the food. Woo, my God, today. Okay. First of all, anything you could think of, they had it at the buffet. Mm. All right. And you could go up there anytime you want to, as many times as you want to. Ain't nobody judging you. No. We didn't wear our girdles. We let it all hang so we could eat good. Ah. Yes. I know the feeling. God was there. God was there. Oh, he just, you know, and I said, I got to pace. You got to pace yourself because the food is so good. Then they give you exceptional service at the same time. The salad bar was just supreme. The Mm -hmm. fruit, the fruits Mm -hmm. and vegetables was just supreme. Then they got all different types of meats and everything. You can say, you can have steak, you can have filet mignon. Oh, can you cut it for me this way? Can I have a little bit of A1 sauce? Can I have a little... You sit down at the fancy tables, you get served. Like you said, they treat you. And it's just seven days of... Seven days of they clean your room real good every time you come in. When I got home, I was... I got mad. I looked at my room at home. I said, well, well, why my room ain't clean? Why my... I forgot it it was my room. I didn't have that same service at home. I had to do it myself, but they spoil you for them seven days. I forgot where I was. Now, see, I went for, uh, I think it was, was it three days and four nights, I think it was. But the food, the the, the fruit didn't have no blemishes. Look, let me tell you about the chef. He was making special things and was sending it out to the table so I could taste it. Oh, you fancy. I sent him a message, and I told him, I forgot what it was, but it was something with pasta. And I told him, I said, this is the world's greatest dish. I don't do pasta like this. I said, but I could eat this every day and every night. So when he created another wonderful dish, he would send it out to the table to me, and the, the server would say, hey, the chef said he wants you to try this. And I was just a skinning and a grin, <laughs> you know. Oh so, my goodness! I would taste it, and oh boy, look at here! I'm telling you, I just had favor everywhere I went on the ship. I had favor. I went with a friend of mine, and he needed to sleep. He was tired, and he yeah. was sleeping, and I was running up and down the ship. So he told me, he said, "Look, I want you to cut it out." I said, so you want me to sit somewhere or in my room while you over there in over there snowing and sleeping in yours, and I'm up and down the ship. I mean, I, I'm in the room bored, talking about some kind of movies or something. I don't want to watch that. I want to see what's going on on the ship. He told me, I don't well, know. That's right. He told me that something happened to you. I'm not gonna know what to tell your family. I said, well, tell them I was having a good time. That's what you tell them. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's and that's I, all right. Look, one night, Kay, this man was playing. It was in front of a, a, a lounge, a bar. 
and he was playing the guitar, and all these women was lined up around him, all kind of color women. And there was a table and chair right almost next to him. Well, I just sat, sashayed right over there and sat in the middle the chair, that had the table that had the two chairs. I just sat in one of those chairs, and he turned, and he was just playing and just singing to me. And just and, and you could just feel the tension around the, the bar with the women. Who she thinks she is? When he got through playing, I got up, put yes. the chair back under the table, and walked off, Kate. Yes, I did. Walked on off. Oh, and my goodness. I met all kind of people. I met two doctors and their wives, and I met a lady and her sister, two sisters, and each each set of these people. Now God used my mouth to prophesy to these people. It, it was amazing. I was in awe, and I had a wonderful time. And I would go to this one lounge, and I went. Oh. And it, had, it had a window with these chairs, uh, uh, like a couch. And I sat over yeah. there and looked at the window at the water. So the bartender, he come up and says, uh, ma'am, what, what would you like? I said, well, make me a virgin pina colada. He said, okay. He brought that over. And so these people come in, you know, and they have to go up to the bar. He brought mine to me. And so then oh. every time I went in the door of the lounge, he would say, pina colada, ma'am? I said, yes. And he yeah. would make that she would make that virgin pina colada and bring it to me over by my window. And I would sit there looking out the window and sip it on my pina colada. I'm talking about, even on the cruise, I'm telling you, looking back the day, God gave me great faith. faith. Yes. I yeah. love the, it. The people that helped me, I had so much stuff bringing it back because Minister Chris, his cousin, had a shop. Uh-huh. And she had dresses and uh, a jeweler and, I, and and she was hooking me up because Chris told her, "Hey, look, this is my friend, saved, sanctified, and holy." She full of the word, and so the cousin went to get. Well, what you want for your family? I was getting all kind. So when I got ready to come back, I had to have help. And uh-huh. I, these these uh, guys came and they helped me and get the stuff in my car. They had a cart. They put it on the cart. He helped me to get the stuff in the car and all of this kind of thing. And I was just all excited over it. And they were saying, so Sion, you heard that uh, uh, Samoa, the English side, uh, and Puerto Rico. When, when you yes. get time, look those two up for me. That, she's our travel agent. So look those two things oh. up for me, Sion, and let me know what you find. And when, and not Puerto Rico yet, because I got to wait on Kay to tell me if I believe you're gonna be invited back. So the, yeah. the the next super cruise for the Capital Jazz Festival is um February seventeenth through the twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty four. And it's leaving out of Fort Lauderdale. Oh yeah, I, I right down the street from from Dot uh Goodman. Yeah, I know about that. Right. <laughs> and it's on yeah. Holland America. Um, that's the organ. That's the ship. It ain't Caribbean. It's Holland America, and it's uh oh my god! It's just so amazing. It's well, like the whole jazz booth. If you like jazz music, just the laid back where it's just the music and stuff. Um, it's amazing. Okay, give me it's that a, date again. February something something. The seventeenth through the twenty fourth. You can visit capitaljazz.com. That's the website. 
CapitalJazz.com. Okay, so you may be on this cruise too doing comedy. I'm I'm praying that I get the invitation back. They they okay. said they would, but I'm just waiting for the official official. Okay, well we invitation. just in the, yeah we just come out of February. We just in the month of April going into May, and for February right, right. you know you, they may do it six months out, but they may not do it no sooner. But I'm gonna be touching and agreeing and praying with you that they call you back. You let me know if you get that invitation to come back, and then I'm gonna set up where I can come. Yeah, I or will because I had some people go with me this year just because okay. I told them and and um uh, I got to give a shout out to Miss Miss uh, Janice Riggs who's the president of my fan club. Okay. Right. Okay, <laughs> and Janice. As soon as she as soon as she heard that I was going on the super cruise, you know she booked it for her and her husband, and they was right there with me and my husband. Okay. See, I'm not married. And we have so, so maybe I bring my son because I'm not married. No, oh, I it's okay because you meet so many. You meet so many good people on there. Okay. You know, okay. it's just this was my first. Uh, me and my husband really never had um, a honeymoon okay. when we got married because we got married like right after the pandemic a little bit. Okay. So. Uh, this was it was we treated it almost like a honeymoon. Yes. You know, because it was seven days on the water, but okay. it was my first. It was my traveling with the love of my life. Usually, I travel with my daughter and my mom. Okay. You know what I mean. So that was the first time for me. Uh, you know, and it was it was awesome. Yes. 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 I love cruising. I, I didn't want to get off, I'm telling you. I did not want to leave the boat. Now, I'm sorry. I, I really did. Not like you said, the bedroom clean. Each time I went out and came back in, if I had laid on the bed, pulled the covers back, got a, when I came back, the bed was made, and they had the towel in the shape of a duck or a rabbit or something. Yes, on the bed. That was the best the, part. Yeah, I went to the captain's table and ate dinner. Oh, yeah, he came and sat. You know, I was like, okay, Cap, you good, but I'm talking about the groceries they about to bring out. So I thought they was bringing out, you know, some special items, but you ordered and told them what you wanted. So I yeah. got plant, I got shrimp, um, I got a little piece of beef, because I'm not really a big steak eater. I don't eat it like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's staking it up, so I didn't want to be the oddball. So I got a little right. steak and uh, steak and shrimp, what they call, what is it, merkin turf, turf and surf, somebody earth. Oh, anyway, yeah, surf and turf. Yeah, I got that in a salad and the big fat yeast rolls, and uh, I forgot what kind of drink I had, probably sweet tea, you know, I'm from the South, uh, probably mm-hmm. sweet tea or something, you know, and I... Uh, ate that in the man next to me because it, it was uh, at that table that night it was predominantly white people at the table and I know they felt a little something you know we don't really know her you know we're not really around a lot of African Americans or whatever they say black but the man next to me he said so uh, how you doing I said okay he said what's your name I said Barbara and uh, he told his wife he said honey this is Barbara 
She said, nice to meet you. So we started talking. How many children you have? I said, I have eight biological children. Oh, eight? I said, yeah, eight biological children. Oh, what kind of work you do? During that time, I was a human resources director. And so we talked a little uh-huh. bit about ocean, different things. And when I got, you know, full enough, I didn't eat the whole thing because I, I didn't want to get too full because I had some running up and down the ship to do, you understand. I, I sashayed right on up out of there and went on about my business and just had me a wonderful time. And they invited me back to the captain's breakfast. Well, I wanted to yeah. see what that was all about too, Kay. So I went in there. They had waffles, pancakes, biscuits, toast, ooh, all kind of meat. I was like, you know, I am just in a greedy person's paradise right here. <laughs> So I ate what I was going to eat, and I couldn't eat a lot. They had a lot to offer me, but I was too busy wanting to be nosy. What's up and down the ship? What they do over here? What's going on over there? They got pools on the ship that you can go swimming on the ship. Right. I was like, look at this. They even had a heated pool. I was like, look at this. You in home heaven, Barbara. Yeah, all that kind of thing. So I had a wonderful time, <coughs> and anyone, excuse me, anyone want to go on that um, cruise with us, uh, when kids invited back, let us know. She gave us some information. I wrote it down. And um, I, I, I just like to go and check things out and just have a nice time and get on about my business, yeah. But uh, Puerto Rico might be my island uh, to go spend time, yeah. and I probably be there. Mm-hmm. I probably be we there. Stay, for- I stayed at the hotel called the Embassy Suites. It was yeah. right close to the airport, and it was right next to the beach. And so, okay. like the, one of the mornings we was there, we got up real early to see the um to see the sunrise. Mm. Like, and that was so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Just to see the sun rise and come up in the air uh, yeah. a real early in the morning. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a wonder what God has made, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just so beautiful. And we yeah. walked the beach. And I never thought I'd be walking no beach because, you know, I, I'm not a person that be, like, exercising every day. I can't act like I have a a, a, a a workout routine, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't even like people named Jim. So it's like, you know, I'm just playing. But, you know, my husband had me out there on the beach. Uh, I never thought I'd be doing that, walking somebody's beach. But it was just so beautiful. Yeah. It was just so beautiful. I walk the beach. I even walk the water. I go out in the water and walk down. Yeah, I I, I love it. I love it. And um, I, I've been on my way to Kissimmee, uh, Orlando, and I left early. So on the drive, I got to see the sun rise. I've been coming back from places, and I got to see the sun go down. Yeah, it's a beautiful experience. Yes, it is. Each time I see it. Because like you said, God has made some amazing things. Yeah, there are some amazing things in the earth. And a lot of people sleep late. I like getting up early. Um, 
the early bird catches the worm, you see, they told me. Yeah. And I get up early and start my day. And, and even the scripture talks about it, you know, get on up and don't be too late going to bed. But um, Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's just some things that I do according to the scripture. God has blessed me. And so I'm thankful unto him. Um, but I'm happy to have you here today, Kay. And uh, I have enjoyed this to the fullest. And I thank God you didn't want to rush away. This was absolutely beautiful. So we'll be in touch. And if you don't hear from me, let me hear from you. And again, anybody you think might benefit from an interview here, please send them my way. Please send them my way. You don't have to leave. I will. All right. I appreciate it, Miss Sam. I have to because I think this is such a wonderful show with amazing listeners who I know will share the word and get to spread the word out there. And that's what we have to do. We have to be helpers to yes, one another. Amen. You know what I mean? So absolutely, Amen. I will be making some referrals. So okay. look out okay. for that. All right. And, and you don't have to go. Just sit back because you're going to hear some good music. Just sit back a few minutes. And I have a wonderful testimony to share this morning. And uh, Brother Lewis says, much food there, much food on the ship. <laughs> I heard they don't I have food. I do have to run because I have to get ready for work and go to okay. work this morning. Okay, okay. Well, but I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed Amen. myself. <laughs> Amen. All right, we'll be in touch. <clears throat> yes, have a ma'am. blessed day. So, a blessed day. Yeah. Bye, well, everybody. You can, you can follow me on a... K, my website, KMAC, that's M-A-C-K, cleancomedy.com. K, oh, you know K-Mac, what? cleancomedy.com. Wait a minute, K. KMAC, clean comedy, clean. Okay. Wait a minute. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Do you know Willie uh, Brown and Woody? Oh, Have you yeah. Ever... I, love, I love Willie. Yeah. Well, Willie I know is him one real of good. Yeah, him and his wife, Sherry. We are good friends. We are good friends. Yeah. If you mention my name, he'll tell you he knows K-Mac. Okay, I will mention it to him today. I will, because they came to Jacksonville, and I met them over at this church where they was doing, uh, Willie, and Willie was performing, and Uncle Rufus, and Sherry was yes. with And during this time, Sherry was real tiny, petite, skinny, and very precious. And so we met oh. over there. And uh, we took pictures and everything with Rufus and, and uh, Woody. And so after that, his mom passed away. And I didn't have money, but I sent $25. He told me, you remind me of the old way. I said, that's the way I am. He said, when somebody dies, you send $2 or you send a bowl of soup or something. I said, well, that's the way I am. I'm from the South. I represent the South. So... <clears throat> We just remain, you know, friends, and he's been to the show and brought Woody, and uh, we, you know, chat on Facebook, and, you know, especially when the Lord give me a word for them. And Sherry yes. was supposed to be coming. I forgot. I got to remind her because she had gone to Africa, and she said when she got back. So she's been back a while, so she should be rested from that trip. Uh-huh. So I'm going to bring her because she, she's an amazing young lady. His wife. Yeah, she's an amazing Absolutely. person. Yes, yes. yes. She is. 
I'm going to talk to Willie today and let him know, hey, K-Mac came to the show where you was when k came. I know you saw it on the Marquee. <laughs> and you missed all the fun. You missed the cruise line and how much food I ate and everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's going to be tickled. Yeah. So, all right, Kate, I'm going to let you go. I know you got to go to work. I'm going to the next song request of the morning. And when we come back, yeah. we're coming back with a wonderful testimony. Oh, uh, yeah. God bless you, Miss Barbara. I love you. you. Too. Love you, too, Kay. God bless you. God bless you. Talk to y'all soon. All right. Bye-bye. Don't be a stranger. Come when you feel like it. I sure won't. <laughs> All right. Bye. Yo, Bye-bye. Okay, ready. It's the new swag, baby. Woke up this morning and I told myself, not gonna worry about what I cannot help. People dying innocently, hate is spreading rapidly. I'm not talking apathy, but some things I've gotta work.
ain't telling you what I read. I'm telling you what I know. God's got it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I like that one right there. Right oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, I like that one right there, right now, right now, because I can't worry about the money in the bank. I'm going on my trip. I'm going to get my windows, my floors, everything I want, but I can't worry about the money. Why? God's got it. I got to trust him. I got to believe, hallelujah, have the faith and wait on him patiently. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I'm thankful unto him this morning. So, yeah, I um, have this testimony, and I wanted to share this uh, with you. And... I know some people may say, oh, Jesus is not raising the dead no more. What? He raised, he called Lazarus forth. You don't think he can call nobody else forth? Lazarus was the only one he could call from the grave? Uh-uh, uh-uh. God has it all in control. Everything, everything. Yeah. And a lot of times this stuff don't happen because the faith of the person that died or the, and their family members and friends. They don't believe God. Yeah. Now, if God take them out of here and he, it's their time and he got a purpose, we leave that alone. But if it be his will and we call them forth, they got to rise from the grave. I'm just telling you the truth. Sick folks, you got to be healed. Why? It's in Jesus. It's not in man. He's got the power to do everything he said he would do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, we're going to this one right here. This is a testimony of a woman dies in labor and goes to heaven, she said. Let's take a listen. I can feel my spirit separating from my body and to the point to where it's like floating. But then I was in the doorway of the operating room and I could see my body laying on the table. Hi, my name is April Smith, and I'm 39 years old, and this is my turn to testify. I'm from Augusta, Georgia, and, you know, I was I was a wild child. I will say I considered myself a wild child back then. Um, really didn't have too much direction. Was, like, really just kind of just going with the wind, going with the flow of things. And um, one day, I remember laying across my bed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I remember laying across my bed, and at an early age, at the age of 18, I have, I felt during that time that I went through a lot of stuff mentally, emotionally, like everything above. And I remember laying across my bed, and I was crying out to the Lord. And mind you, I really didn't have a relationship, but one thing I do know and this is a sidebar, when you get to the point in your life where you want change, believe me, something within you will unction you to cry out to the Lord. And I remember crying out to the Lord, and I was like, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that. And um, after that cry, you know, I got saved at the age of 18. And it was a little different, um, because right now I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, and so with me being saved then, I didn't really know too much about the Lord, but I did know I was supposed to go to church on Sunday. 
And with that, because I knew I had to go to church on Sunday, I still had the mind frame of I can do what I want to do Monday through Saturday as long as I got up on Sunday morning and went to church. And so I am so glad that God changed my mind frame from that perspective. But I learned a lot during that time. And learning came through dreams and visions and encounters with God. I remember saying these words, Lord, send me someone that's going to love me for me. And... That's when I met my husband, and um, at this time I had my own apartment and things of that nature. And um, in Georgia, we do this thing called jobbing. That means that you're actually like joning on somebody. You're picking at them. And I remember he came through the door, and at that time, at that time I still was going to church. Please keep that in mind. But at that time, he came over with some um, male friends that I already knew. And when he came through the door, Holy Spirit, I didn't know it was Holy Spirit then, but I know Holy Spirit now. But I said, something within me said, that's your husband. And I was like, I know I'm drunk. I know I'm high. That was my exact words to myself. And um, I met him. We were jiving on each other. He had, sidebar, he's going to like flip out because I said this. But he had on these baby blue and white Jordans, right? And I told him, he said something. I was like, look at you with the baby shoes on. Because they have, they were soft bottoms. <laughs> and so it just started from there. And he just has been everything that I have prayed for. But he was going through his own things. But we'll talk about that at a different time. So I meet my husband. And long story short, we have four amazing children um, together and but I learned my experiences through my children and what I mean by that is every child that I've had I had an, God gave me an experience like my oldest she's 21 and I had her when I was five months pregnant and normally people who have their babies early at five months, they don't survive or they go through some drastic changes in their bodies. And I remember when I found out I was pregnant with her, I went to the doctor. The doctor literally wanted to abort her for free. My first pregnancy, the doctor wanted to abort her for free. He came in and said, well, you have all these things going. We see that the baby is not growing and um, she's going to be mental, retarded. When she come here, she's going to need 24-hour around-the-clock care. This is what the doctor told me. And so he was like, but you know what? We could actually um, do an abortion for you if you choose to. You don't have to pay for it. Your insurance will cover it. And even though I was a wild child, I had enough sense to say, you know what, I laid down in my bed to get her, so whatever comes after that, I'm going to accept the consequences. And just know she is 21 years old. She has no problems at all, and God is good. And from that experience, I remember, this is another cry out moment, 
When I had her at five months, I went to see her in the NICU. She was very small. Her head was literally at the tip of my finger, and her feet was literally at the bottom of my wrist. I could fit her in the palm of my hand. She wore one pound and six ounces. Normally, when babies come at that particular age um, or during that time, they don't breathe on their own. They need you know, breathing assistance and things like that. But when she came here, she was breathing on her own. And the only reason why they gave her like this breathing tube because they didn't want her to exhaust herself, exhaust her lungs and things of that sort. But let me tell you, when I went home without my baby, the doctor called me a few days later and he said, well, your daughter, Honesty, that's her name, She has double pneumonia in her lungs. Her lungs have collapsed, and we don't know what else we could do for her. And again, I cried out to the Lord because I was saved, but I wasn't saved for real. And so when I cried out to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you save my child, I promise that I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And again, that now, now, She's 21 years old. She has graduated from community college. She's a medical assistant, and she's thriving for her RN. She has her own vehicle, and she is such a blessing in um, our lives, me and her dad's life. And let me tell you, we named her Honesty, and baby, that girl is honest. And she going to tell you some stuff that you just don't want to hear sometimes. You know, I can be like, how I look? Oh, that, 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 that just don't look good, you know? And so I just love her personality because her personality is literally who she is. Her name is Honesty, and she's a very honest young lady. And so that's my first experience with just truly crying out to God and him answering me. Now, going into my next daughter, her name is Journey. And, boy, she is a character. Uh, she's, she's a very pleasant young lady to be around. And when she walks into a room, she is sure just to light it up. And I remember when I was pregnant with her, um, the doctors always said that my body was not designed to have babies. And for whatever reason, something would just always transpire in my pregnancy. So they was like, you know, your body is just not designed to have babies. And so when I was pregnant with Journey, half of my pregnancy, I was in the hospital with her. And I remember when I used to have these dreams, it would always be about the Bible. And then um, the day before delivery, because I was a little early with her as well, The day before delivery, but that night, not knowing that I was going to have to deliver her the next day, I went to sleep and I was in this room. And in this room, it just was like pillars. It was like a little dark, brownish dark, and it was like pillars. And on these pillars, it was like books. But in the middle, it was like a higher pillar. And it was like the biggest Bible that I've ever seen in my life in in this dream. And um, I began to walk towards the pillar in the middle. And as soon as I stepped over the Bible, the Bible opened by itself and the pages just started to flip like really fast. And in the dream, while the pages were turning, I literally felt like I was obtaining the whole world, the word of God. 
And I remember even in the dream saying, like, wow, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And literally, like, the whole Bible just kept turning, like, really fast. And as the pages was turning, I was literally being filled with the word of God. And then I woke up. I was like, man, I don't remember nothing. But I know that that experience will carry over into who I am today in God. And going into my son, CJ, I was in the hospital with him as well because I had preeclampsia and um, high blood pressure and all these things. And again, they were telling me, you know, my body was not designed to have babies and that every time that I had a baby, I was going to go through something. And so here I am pregnant with CJ. I'm in the hospital again and I would just dream at nighttime. And I had a dream to where I was literally in this forest and we were all like in this plane or something like that, but everybody had like on this white suit. And you know how astronauts have like the little space thing over their face. And so we all were like that. And I was looking for something sacred. I didn't know what I was looking for, but in the dream, the spirit was telling me I'm looking for something sacred. And so all of us is in this forest or this field with surrounded by all these trees and everybody was looking for something. And all of a sudden, the people that I started out with, we're all in white. We're all in these little um, helmet, clear helmet things. And as we proceed to go further into whatever we're looking for, the only thing I know is the spirit was like we're looking for something sacred. And the closer that we got, the people around me just started to drop like flies. And when I looked around, I was literally standing by myself. And what the Lord was revealing to me And I know we hear this from a cliche perspective, but the Lord was showing me then, even in my infancy as a babe in Christ, is that there are people who are going to start out with you, but the people who start out with you, when you look around, you're going to be by yourself. And I didn't know the magnitude of that dream until I came into who I am today in Christ. You know, people will... I'm not going to say people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For a long time, it took, it took courage for me to actually say that I am a prophet of God. And that dream connected to me because when you move in the, not just the spirit of prophecy, but when you're in the office of a prophet, there are times where you have to stand alone by yourself. And I thank God for the dreams then that he brings back to my remembrance when I get into this thing of, oh, man, I'm by myself or, oh, I can't do what other people do. It brings me back to the position of who I am in Christ. And it took me a while to admit that because I've seen so many people misabuse the office of a prophet. Or I see so many people, even from a Facebook platform, use it from a monetary perspective to profit P-R-O-F-I-T, instead of truly moving in the office of the prophet. And let's be honest, nobody want to be thrown into a category of people just like, oh, y'all just out for money and all these things. But I do want to sidebar and say this. There are true prophets still in the world today. There are true prophets still 
standing for righteousness and standing for holiness. And now I am proud to not just admit, but to say that I am a prophet of the most high God. And it's only by his doing. After I had my son, CJ, it was like literally because their birthdays is June. CJ's birthday is June and Choi's birthday is in July. So it was like literally I got pregnant back to back. And I was embarrassed. Though I'm married, though my marriage is thriving, I was embarrassed to be pregnant again that soon. And at that time, I was being introduced as a minister. And for some reason, the enemy tried to put this shame upon me about being pregnant again so soon. Though it was not a wedlock or nothing like that, I was married. And I remember one day, I decided that I was going to get an abortion. I didn't tell my husband I was pregnant. I didn't tell my mom I was pregnant. I didn't tell nobody I was pregnant. I just got the news and I just withheld it because in my mind, I didn't know if I was going to um, have the baby or not. And I was at my mom's house, and this is what I said. I said, Lord, I know what I want to do, but if you don't want me to abort this child, you're going to have to send me some, some type of sign. I said that, right? Okay, so I turned on the TV. Joyce Myers is talking about being fruitful and multiply, right? And I, this is what I said. And guess what? It was, she was using it from the context of children. I laughed, and I said, God, that's too easy. That's too easy. And so I got invited to go to, matter of fact, I remember it was December, and it was a watch night service. <laughs> it was a watch night service, and it was in December, and that was, I had choice in 2009, so it so 2008. I walked through the doors of that church, and I could hear Holy Spirit tell me, you want a sign? I'm about to give you one. And the whole time I'm walking into the church, I'm saying, don't do, to, don't, don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now because I'm thinking about it from an embarrassing perspective. Don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now. So I literally tried to blend in in the back to avoid being in the front um, because I knew he was a true prophet of God. And he got up singing and his song was, I'm so amazed by you. I'm so amazed by you. I'm so amazed by you, how you love me. He started singing this song to the Lord. I know I don't sound good, y'all, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. <laughs> and he started to preach his sermon. In the middle of his sermon, he stopped preaching, and he began to pace back and forth on the pulpit. And then he came down <laughs> on the floor. And he began to pace again. He began to pace like in between the pews. And again, I'm blending in in the middle. I'm still saying, Lord, don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now. This man came to me and he said, daughter, I'm saying the words verbatim because I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, daughter. The Lord said, if you kill that child going into 09, he's going to kill you and your ministry. Now, I know somebody may be saying, you mean to tell me that the Lord said he was going to kill you? I mean to tell you that that was the word that was given. 
at that time, I didn't even know I had a ministry. Come on here. And I don't mean like being a pastor over a church. I just mean like moving in the things of God and the things that he called me into. Honey, that man said, let me say it again. He said, the Lord said, if you go into, um, he said, you go, he said, you kill that child going to 09, he's going to kill you in your ministry. I dropped to the floor. Now, here's the funny part, because my husband had to made it to the church then. <laughs> he was looking like, who's pregnant? Because <laughs> he didn't know that I was pregnant. But I literally, I dropped down, I repented, and that was the end of that experience. They were telling me I couldn't have him naturally because I was dealing with a cervical cancer issue. So they were saying, you have to, we have to do a C-section. And so during this C-section, I am at the hospital and um, I'm being prepped for the C-section and the doctors come in or the nurse, one of them. And they begin to put like the epidural in my back. They begin to give me like some type of, I believe it's the epidural in your back so you won't feel the pain from the C-section. And I told the nurse, I said, I believe you're giving me too much medicine. This is what I told her. She was like, oh, no, it's okay. It's always going to feel, it's going to feel like that. It's going to feel cold when you start to feel whatever that solution is going into your body. And I was telling her, I said, I understand that I'm going to feel the solution go in my body, but I don't think I should be feeling it in my legs. (laughs) And that's what I told her. It's like I could literally feel this solution pumping throughout my body, but I knew it was too much, and she was telling me that it wasn't. So when we get into the operating room for the C-section, you know, my husband almost fainted. Um, (laughs) And But before then, they laid me back. And my husband was, like, right there. He was like, I love you. And I said, I love you, too. And this is what I told him. I said, but if I don't make it, just know that I love you and I love the children. And he was like, girl, stop talking crazy. But I, at that moment, I literally can feel my spirit leaving my body. I couldn't explain it. I was already, like, halfway out of breath. But when they put me back, it's like I couldn't breathe at all. And I told him, I said, just know if I don't make it, I love you and your ch- love you and the children. And sure enough, when they put me back and they took choice from my body, I literally flatlined. And according to medical records, it was like um, it was like eight minutes. It was like eight minutes when I flatlined. And during that time, I could, however the Lord does what the Lord does, I could feel my spirit separating from my body. And to the point to where it's like floating, but then I was in the doorway of the operating room and I could see my body laying on the table. And I could see the doctors like trying to do what whatever they were doing and then my doctor she was a woman doctor I'm not going to say her name and doctor and she literally jumped on my chest and she started doing this and I'm in the doorway in the spirit 
because it was an out-of-body experience. And even then, I was like, what is she doing? Why is she jumping on me like that? And I remember me saying that. And then next thing you know, it's like I was no longer in the, in the doorway. And it was like I was just brought to this place. And it was just like these tall gates. And they literally, at these tall gates, it was like pearls or something at the end. And um, as I'm like, I wasn't even walking. I can't even explain it. It was just like a movie to where you literally just gliding through the scenes. And I came to this place, and it was like this field of flowers. And it was not a flower that I have seen here on earth. And literally everything was in sync. And what I mean by that is like I can't even explain the the singing but it was just so in sync and the flowers will move with the singing and it was like the gates will move with the singing and everything was in sync it was going back and forth and back and forth and then literally it went to like a different pattern like breathing and so it literally like when it was breathing, everything breathed in together, everything breathed out together. Now, when I think about that experience now, I think about the Matrix, because there was like a scene in the first Matrix when, uh, when Neo, when he would breathe in, everything breathed in. But when he would breathe out, everything would breathe out. And it's just amazing. And that experience... Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was there. And the Spirit of the Lord told me that I was in heaven. And I remember, I didn't see like a physical body or anything like that, but I heard a voice. And the voice said that I had to go back. Because I literally did not want to come back in my body. I wasn't even thinking about my husband I was leaving behind. I wasn't thinking about my children at that moment. And that moment, I have never, ever in my earthly life experienced that much peace. It was so much peace that I did not want to come back in my body. I can't even explain it. That's that's the only words I have for it. It was such a peace that I did not want to go back into my body. And... The voice said, the Spirit of the Lord said, you have to go back and you have to tell people what you've seen here. I did not want to go back. I was literally crying. I was literally crying. And after that, I didn't go through no tunnels or nothing like that. It was like another scene play. I was back in the operating room. Back in the operating room, I literally felt the... Um, I forgot the tool, the fibrillator, something like that. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's my Georgia coming out. It's all good. Um, They had the machine to where they, like, press to bring you back to life. And in that moment, I saw the lights in the room. But then I went back out of myself. And then that's when I was in the doorway of the operating room, and they were operating on me. And... When I did come back into my body, it was like pins and needles. It's like I literally had to take those days to learn how to walk. It was just pins and needles. That's all I could um, really express. And that my doctor at the time 
she came to me and she expressed what happened and things of that nature. And this is what I said. I said, after she said what she said, I said, well, let me ask you something. And she was like, sure. I was like, why were you jumping on my um, chest like that? Because I was like, it was a real question for me then. And she was like, how did you know I was, how did you know that I um, got on your chest? I said, because I saw you. And that moment she said, um, she switched my doctors. <laughs> she was like, well, this is my last visit seeing you. I will switch you to a different doctor. So in my closing, I will say this. This is the first time outside of just testimonial service that I have shared this experience. And I believe in a roundabout way, I didn't know how to feel about sharing my experience because you have those people, again, that would try to say, oh, this didn't happen. And then you have another set of people think you're trying to be too deep or something like that. But I stand here, I am grateful that I am alive to share this experience with you all because if it only reaches one person, if it only touches one person, then God has done his job. There's no glory unto me. Now, with boldness, it's because you have someone that is literally sitting here testifying to you, telling you, baby, you are not crazy. That son or daughter, you are not crazy. This is just something that God is working in you. And in the process of that, the deliverance that take place, I was a chief smoker. And I'm not talking about cigarettes. I was a chief weed smoker. Not just a weed smoker. I would lace my blunts with cocaine. I'm telling you, what you're looking at now is a transformation that only God can do. He has delivered me from drugs. He has delivered me from weed smoking. He has delivered me from being a chronic alcoholic. I used to see these shows that used to come on um, the Discovery Channel, and people used to talk about how they died and went to heaven, and I was the main one talking like, whatever, be lying. <laughs> it is amazing now I'm thrown in their category. Somebody may be looking at me like, girl, you lying. But I'm not. And them people were not lying. And I'm grateful that God allowed me to have that experience. Because when I go through things, I know that one day heaven will be my home. The Bible tells us that we overcome by the power of our testimony. That's my testimony and now I invite you for you to tell yours under the spotlight. God, we're grateful because if it had not been Open up my eyes So I 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mr. Van Morrison, whenever God shine his light. I love that little number right there and a few others. More of us love it. Yeah. And so we thank God this morning for uh, K. Mack and thank God for that wonderful testimony this morning because God is able to do what he said he would do. And uh, he brought this woman back. Yeah. Told her, you have that abortion, you won't die too. Yeah. I'm going to kill you too. <laughs> so God have a purpose and a plan for everything in our lives. And we have to look to him. Yeah, for everything, because again, this morning, without him, we can do absolutely nothing. I know we think we get up, we're going to do this, we drive, we do. Now, he's leading and guiding. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. So he see what we're going to do. He see how we're going to work and what we're going to do during the day and what we're doing during the day. And he allows it. It's like he turns us on own. And walk away. When time comes for us to leave, he come back and turn it off. It's time to go. But God watches everything and he knows what's best for us today. And if we keep these three things going, faith, trust, and patience, God will bless us. We need a prayer life and a Bible study life. Because when I tell you everything is going down but the word of God, through everything else, I don't care what come and go, his word is going to stand. And that's what we're standing on this morning. The sure foundation, that solid rock, his word. And after standing, when things don't go the way we want to or go the way we want to, we yet want to stand on the word of God. Hallelujah. So we're grateful this morning. If there's anyone have something they'd like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come in today and uh, share with us. We're thankful again this morning unto Almighty God. We appreciate him. We love him. I'm grateful unto him. I feel like traveling. That's what I feel like. And so I believe God going to bring that thing to me in a little bit, and I'll be able to go. And I still do Jesus in the morning radio every morning. Yeah. And I enjoy my trip. So God bless you today, and we thank God for all he has done and said here this morning. And again, the studio is open. We have some time. But if not, we will pray out and uh, pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Yeah. And uh, all right. Well, at this time, we're going to pray out and go to our last song of the morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done here today. We thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Father, we thank you that great things are coming our way, and we don't want to forget. We want to enjoy the blessings of you. We want to enjoy the fruits of you. Great things, God. So, Father, as we depart this morning, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, we ask that you would meet the wants in our lives. Our lives, our heart desires, things we want to do according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. The earth is yours today, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And, Father, there's nothing too hard for you to do. And money answers all things that your scripture says, oh God, the word says. And, Lord, we want money to open doors for us. So, Lord, we ask that you would bless us financially 
that we can take trips, we can get our houses repaired, we might want another house, we want to buy a car, whatever it may be. God, we ask that you send it because we know what you give will add no sorrow. Not only that, Father, but it will be good not only for us, but to us. And so we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. And Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we are going to uh, our last song of the morning. I know I didn't say, uh, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another in Jesus' name. But go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings and the miracles of Almighty God upon you this day, April the 26th, 2023, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So we're going to this last one, and after this one, I won't be coming back today. Who remember this?
cries out in the silence Searching for a heart that will love him Longing for a child that will give him their own You know He wants it Well, praise the Lord. How you doing? Miss Barbara, oh my God, I thought she was an answer service. I'm like, I'm like, wow, listen to my answer service. Oh. <laughs> I am good. How are you? I'm good. I've, I've been, I've been, I don't know how you call it. I guess they say blessed to listen to the show, you know, in the mornings and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of getting back to myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, what is it? What is it? Uh, let me see. You doing okay? I'm doing good. I am doing good. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I I would like to have your advice on something. Okay. Um, this house is giving me so much stress. Um, I, I had problems with, you know, in addition to the other stuff, I had had problem with rodent. So I called a and something I and, and what I heard you say on the show. These are things that I say and that I mean and. You know, for some reason, people don't understand it. It's like you, you trust them enough to give them your money, you know, and your, your your business, but they don't care how they treat you. That's true. Um, so I had a, a, a pest company to come around, and when when the man was here, he, um, you know, we were in the basement, and, and I was also waiting for a plumber to come. So, you know, I was up and down the steps between the plumber and the and the pest control person. But anyway, um the, the pest control person I didn't see what they put down, um, but I did find like holes that were in my wall or from my basement wall to the outside and I'm like, Oh my gosh, wow. Now the initial visit from the pest control person was one hundred and ninety five dollars and that included treatment and and the and the inspection. But the only thing he inspected, the only thing that he really looked at was my kitchen, the basement, and um, the outside. And I think he only looked at the outside because the holes that were in the wall. So um, 
by this time, okay, he, so I saw him fill some holes in the basement with some foam stuff, and I, but I didn't see what he put down. But anyway, um, so I, I asked him, um, he, oh, he didn't just fill the holes. No, I had to pay $200 to fill the holes. So that came to, what, $395 right there. So while we were outside, I was showing him some, um, some things that were kind of up on my on a, the ledge of the roof, so he said to fill those, it would be an additional additional money. So all together, I paid him eight hundred and fifty dollars. And this and I saw him put some some metal mesh up, and I'm like, wow, he's really doing a good job. So a couple of days later, I happened to go in the shed kitchen, and I'm like, something looks different in here. So as I'm looking around, I'm looking at the cage that I have back there. It, it looked kind of empty, and I'm like, wait a minute. Well, what happened was this guy took my mesh that I had in my shack kitchen, cut it. He had to cut it when I was in the basement with the plumbers and used my mesh, but he still charged me $475. No, ma'am. Yes, he did. So when I called, I called, I called the company just to ask them, and I'm glad, and I know it was the Lord, because I was afraid that if I called, they already had my number filled, so they'll know who I am and that they already came. So I was able to ask him what the process was, you know, when they when they come to do stuff. And he told me and everything, and I said, so he said they, they when they come for the first treatment, they will put down traps, then they will put down poison, and they will um, seal holes. You know, a few holes, not a lot. Okay. And I said, okay. So then I wound up telling him what, you know, what actually happened. You know, the guy filled the holes, but I had to pay an additional $200 for him to fill, fill some holes. So then um, I, I said, um, I said, and, oh, and he said that they also put mesh in. Oh, you put your own mesh in? He said, yes. And I said, well, that's, that's a, another issue that I'm having. Um, you know, because the, the, the technician used my materials and did not ask me for anything. It was, it was just that I happened to notice that some of my material was gone. And so he said, um, he said, well, we can, I can reimburse you for your mesh. And I said, well, thank you very much. So then um, we were talking about something else. So then he said, oh, he said, he said, well, he called you for a, you know, for follow-up treatment, but we didn't get an answer. So since we didn't get an answer, we took you out of the system. And I was like, oh, okay. So he said, um, well, I said, well, I think with the initial, how much would the follow-up treatment be? And he said, well, the follow-up treatment will be $185. And I had my receipt right, right next to me. Mm-hmm. And my receipt said that, it would be ninety five dollars if they do a follow up. I'm wondering where we got the one twenty five from. So I said, Well, hold on. I said, I'm looking at my receipt and my receipt says ninety five dollars. And I so I'm thinking, he said, oh, Okay, yeah. But but since we took you out of the system, it'll be one twenty five. And I was like, Well, no, I said it says ninety five dollars. So he says he can do that everything for ninety five dollars. So I, I I said, Well, what about my mesh? You know, what about the reimbursement for my mesh? So he says, well, man, we can only take it down to $95. I said, so how are you going to reimburse me for my mesh? Right? So then he said, um, 
you know, we're no business, and, you know, we can't just, uh, you know, basically he was saying that, you know, they can't just just do stuff for nothing. And then I said, well, you know what, I said, um, he said, we, you know, we don't want to lose any customers. And I said, well, you, you, you did just lose a customer. I said, because, first of all, I'll let you know that your technician stole from my property, which is not allowed. And, um... And then, you know, trying to work out something with you as far as you reimbursing me for my material doesn't sound like you really want to reimburse you for it. Because if it was me, seriously, Ms. Barbara, if it was me and my treatment was only uh, at $95 and your person took, took materials from my home, I believe you should have given me that second treatment. Yeah. Not charged for that second treatment, especially if you wanted to keep me as a customer. Yeah. And... Oh, that was that. Now, do you think I was wrong for that? Because I don't. No, ma'am. You was not wrong. He should have gave that second one to you for free because the man stole off your property. Right. Is he crazy? I, I guess he must just didn't think I would know. I, I don't know what in the world. And, and, and see, that's another thing that made me don't trust people. Like, I think I told you when I came to work here in this bar, I cannot find none of my, I can't find my diplomas. I can't find, you know, I, I, that I make a lot of things, right? right? I had bags in my living room, Miss Barbara, and I'm talking about this one was so bare, so much more bare um, than when I was in them before. When, when them people came, I'm thinking they took some of my stuff out of here. Mm-hmm. I can't really name everything, Miss Barbara, because I had put all my stuff in bags. But I'm tired of being treated like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I really do. And um, so this other guy, like, so with the rodent thing, um, it's a it's a person that I, that has done some work in here before. You know, I never had an issue with stealing or anything like that. He's done some work in here before, and um. He said that, so my kitchen, I need to get my wall closed because they said my wall was the was entry spot for rooms. And I was trying to figure out how, but he keep on trying to figure out how I need to get that wall closed. So the man said he would come and, um, you know, do some work for me. So I told him what my hours was. So he's telling me that he could come on Thursday. And I said, well, you know, how much work would you be able to do before 9 p.m.? And he says, um, uh, well, I can't do it much work before 930. I said, well, how are you going to do the work on Thursday? So basically what he's telling me is that he's going to have to be at my home all day. And and, and, I, and I need to, I, I want to get that closed with Barbara, but I don't know if I want to have him at my house by himself all day long. I just don't know that. Okay. And um that's what I'm. That's one of the things that I'm trying to ask you about. I mean, I never had a problem with him doing anything because I was always here. But it's just stuff that happened in the past that make me the way I am. You understand? Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you never had no problems with him in the past. Right. And. Uh, you don't think anything was moved uh, while you was gone with him, with him now? Well, yeah, because I was I was always like right there with him, so I 
could kind of see what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? Because I was right there with him, you know, every time he did work in here. But he's saying, you know, that he can do it on a certain day. And I'm, you know, because he has other jobs. And, you know, and I'm telling him that, you know, I'm only available on certain days before certain hours. You know, I, I want the work done. Um, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just kind of a little bit fed up with being taken advantage of like that. Okay, okay. Well, if you really, are, are the voting still coming in? Um, I, I don't, see, I've never seen them. But I've seen evidence of them. I mean, stuff stuff knocked over on my countertop and, you know, so I know it's something. And it's not just a mouse. It's got to be something bigger than a mouse um, to do all of that. Um, okay. But I don't know because I have never seen them. And, see, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's but, I mean, he can he, he probably can seal the hole, but his job is not to get rid of a rodent. His job is to just you know, close the space. You know what I'm saying? So even if I even if I get the, the wall closed, that still doesn't stop the rodents from coming in. So it's still multiple things at one time, you know? Okay, so now uh are they just coming in from one place or many I have no idea because I like I said I didn't even know I didn't even know I had holes in the wall from from the basement to the outside. I didn't even know that. Mm. Well, and and my window. Somebody had broke my window, and nobody. Miss Barbara, I don't even know how long that window been broke. I know that window wasn't broke when I moved in here. Okay. So that's another thing he's supposed to do. He's supposed to he's supposed to put that window in. He's supposed to um seal up that um I mean put up the wall. Um. Well, he got to do half the ceiling and the wall. So he's supposed to do those things, but, you know, he, he's not going to be able to do them. Um, he's only going to be able to do them on the days that I'm not home. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. And you don't have nobody you can trust to be there when he comes. No, because, um, I mean, I, I asked, when I had, had something done, I asked my neighbor, and she said, "Well, I can't stay. I can, I can let them in, and you know, make sure they lock the door when they leave. But I don't, I don't have anybody else." Okay. Um. Well, you just gonna have to trust the Lord that He gonna come in there mm-hmm. and do what He need to do and get on up at your house. Yeah. That that need to be what happens. Don't take nothing from you or none of that. Just do what he's supposed to do and get on out of there. Um, another reason why I kind of didn't want that, Miss Barber, is because he is because he likes me. Like he likes me as a, you know, as a, you know, one to have a relationship with me. And that's and, I, and that's another reason I didn't want to, you know, leave him in my house. Okay. You know? Okay. Now, I don't know if you can understand that. But. I do understand that, and I, I, I would want him liking me and then going through my stuff. And, yes. Uh-uh. Yes. Yeah. 